welcome to the first ever Unbalanced Podcast. I'll be your host, Keith Kelly, and I'll be joined by my co-worker and fearless leader, Kevin Adams. Although occasionally he'll miss out on a podcast, uh, sometimes he might even take over the podcast, who knows? So what is Unbalanced? Well, Kevin and I work at New Balance, and although this is loosely affiliated with New Balance, the intention is to highlight the running specialty channel and the great characters and the stories they have in that channel. Of course, we'll be talking to athletes, many of whom slung shoes at one point or another, coaches also slung shoes at one point, and other people that are affiliated with this awesome community of running specialty stores in North America and beyond, because we are a global platform. Sometimes we'll go on tangents. There's no doubt about it. If you know Kevin and I, you know we love tangents. So we may talk to brewers because we love beer. We may talk to musicians because we love music. I may talk to cyclists because I love cyclists. But anyway, the intention is to always have representation from the Run Specialty channel and to talk to buyers and RSAs and owners who have brand new to the game or those who are super experienced and get to know them, get to know their story and get to know how they got to where they are. The very, very first episode, though, we wanted to highlight one of our own, Coach Mark Coogan. Now, many of you know Mark because he was an Olympian. He ran in the Olympics in 1996 in Atlanta in the marathon. But more recently, he went on to a prolific coaching career. He coached at Dartmouth, where he led Abby Diagostino to so many NCAA titles, it would take a separate podcast just to name them. She's one of the most successful athletes in the history of the NCAA, among other amazing runners that he coached. He then took the leap into the professional ranks, and he now leads Team New Balance Boston, a professional running team based out of Boston, based out of the New Balance headquarters. And we caught up with Mark right before he took a trip to Doha, where one of his athletes, Al Purrier, was running the 5,000 meters. Mark's a great character, and we thought it would be really nice to kick it off with just an interesting story about how Mark got to where he got to. Mark knows all about the Run Specialty Channel and is a big fan of the Run Specialty Channel, and his roots go back alongside Kevin Adams to North Attleboro and DB Sports. So without further ado, enjoy this great conversation, albeit short conversation, with the one and only Coach Mark Coogan. And here we are, joined with Kevin Adams, my fearless leader and co-host on the Unbalanced podcast, and we're joined by the one, the only, Mark Coogan, head coach of Team New Balance Boston, an all-around legend in the running scene. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, uh, Keith. Happy to be here. You know, it's funny to have Kevin Adams on this podcast with you, particularly because you guys go way back. You do, Keith. This is somewhat surreal for me. So uh, growing up in the greater Attleboro area, I didn't even know why people ran. And I remember my family friends, the Coogans, their their son, Mark, who I knew, all of a sudden was getting recruited to go to a college to run. And it was a whole new scene for me, Keith, being a basketball and baseball guy growing up. But then you were inspired yeah. by the Coogans, huh? I, yeah. was. I was. I was. I was a hoop player. And the next thing you know, Kevin's getting recruited to run track at UConn. 
Yeah, it's a it's it's a small world, Keith, because I ran with his younger brother Tom, also known as the Goose at Bishop Fian. And uh yeah, obviously Mark inspired me to start my running career and ended up working with him at a running specialty store called DB Sports in North Attleboro, I believe in probably around late eighties. I want to say around nineteen eighty eight when Mark was just getting out of Maryland. Yeah. And, and Cal funny thing, sorry Cal to interrupt, but the funny thing is some of your uh your buddies growing up, your legends were the legends that got me excited to start running. The John Tracys, the Ray Tracys, uh, um, Mick O'Shea's, the Richard O'Flynn's. The whole PC connection is what uh, made running exciting and cool to me. And that's just down the road from Attleboro. That's right. And, you know, in college, and I ran a Providence College, for those who don't know, and we had a loop that we used to do a lot of our tempo runs on on the east side of Providence, and it was called the Coogan Loop. And I don't, you know that, Mark, right? I do, yeah, because when I coached at Brown for one year, when I first got out of college, I was coaching, helping out at Brown, coaching the guy distance runners, and we needed a tempo course on the east side, and um, I kind of came up with that, and I was only there for one year, and I think the kids just uh, kept the name name of it just because I you know, was there with them for only that one year. Well, great runners like Mark Carroll training for the New York City Marathon were over there banging out tempo runs on the Coogan Loop, so the legacy has endured, brother. But, Thanks. <laughs> but we will go back and talk a little bit about that. But right now, the, you know, the reason why Kev and I are very excited to have you on the podcast is, is because you are a New Balance employee. And a lot of people know you as the, the coach of some runners in Boston. But you're more than just a coach. You're, you're really flying the flag for New Balance running in the field. Tell us a little bit about New Balance Boston and uh, what it means to be working for New Balance now and as and leading this team and the next generation of of superstars. Yeah, so about about five or six years ago, I'm not quite sure where the whole idea came up of having the New Balance Boston team, but I think it was a combination of Tom Carlio, John Evans, and um, the owner of the company, Jim Davis. They wanted to have uh, more of a presence in Boston. So John and Tom got uh, on top of um, – getting this team together you probably know a little bit about this too cal and um so uh john asked me to come down leave my job at dartmouth and come down and, and start this group and we've this is our um sixth year having the team and we're more than just a, a track team or a distance running team um we try to be part of the boston community we try to be part of new balance's family we try to um be around new balance use new balance facilities um try to get out in and around Boston to the schools and things like that. So besides trying to make Olympic teams and world championship teams, we're also trying to be a good neighbor in the city of Boston. For sure. And you guys do such a good job with like sharing your training. You're not, you're not secretive. You don't go off to like weird places. You guys do your training on the, on the Harvard track right there. You run along the Charles, you use the gym at New Balance. You're very much plugged into the scene. Yeah, we we are for sure, and then I like that, and I think the team likes that, and um, we we want to be part of Boston. We want to we want to be the premier team in in New England, and actually, I would love to be the premier team in the United States. And once we get the new indoor track up and built, and we add a few more uh, people to the team, I think we might be uh, the best team in America pretty soon. Hey Keith, just to jump into about the exciting part about Mark and the team that he's building. Obviously, he's training world class athletes, but how Mark has the team more part of the NB family was really evident even this last week. Mark's going to be too humble to talk about it, but I was just with Mark at the first ever Highland Park Cross Country Invitational at a new cross country course. It's only cross country, and it's actually named for Mark. 
And obviously we sponsored it, but we had all the NBA, NBA athletes where they're holding the tape for these kids, inspiring that next generation of runners. So how Mark and the team gives back to the community outside of competing is pretty inspiring too. Yeah, it was amazing to see Ellie. You know, she's on the eve of the World Championships, her first major exactly. championships, and, and, and she's out there in the Mark Coogan cross-country course giving high fives and hugs. And that yeah, was pretty it was awesome. Very nice. Well, Mark, I, there's no doubt that you've set up a, a pretty cool group, but let's go back then. So you, you yourself are a hell of an accomplished athlete, significantly more accomplished than uh, Kevin Adams. So you must be yes. Bishop Feehan's greatest son. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, is. Brian Kelly gave him a run on the record boards, but too. Mark Coogan's the prodigal son. So Mark's the pro- just happy to be in the conversation here. Mark's yeah. the prodigal son. Mark's brother, also a, a prodigal son, who I raced against a little bit. I, mean, I ra- raced against Mark. Yeah. Mark was definitely at the end of his, his career, but I, I had a couple of uh, races against Tom Coogan as well, Mark's uh, brother. But Mark, so you graduate from Bishop Feehan and, and you're surrounded by great universities and colleges, including Providence, where you had a connection with some of the guys. You end up in Maryland. Yes, yeah. I ended up in Maryland mostly because of um, there were five or six other Massachusetts kids that all went down there. And Maryland at the time had a legendary coach named Charles Torpy, who uh, could sell you a bridge in Brooklyn, really. He, he, had, he had that way around, you know, that way about him that he was uh, uh, such, a, such a good salesman for the University of Maryland and trying to make people into great runners. And um, I kind of, I not fell for it. I, when I went down there and visited the school, I really liked it and I liked the team and I liked the atmosphere that um, uh, College Park had. And so I chose to go down there over a few other New England schools. But you had great success, and 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 you, yeah. you were the first Massachusetts sub four minute miler. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the truth. Yeah, the first Mass kid to break four minutes in the mile. And um, I like I give a lot of credit to um, my coaches in college and teammates. But t- to be honest, Kel, um, where I really learned how to run great was in your locker room down at PC. And this is the God's honest truth. When I got out of school, I came back home to Attleboro. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. I mean, I was all American and ran well and stuff. At like what, what, what standard are you at this stage? Are you, are you so four minute miles at this stage? Um, right, right at four flat. And you're a steeplechaser. Steeplechase, qualified for Olympic trials and stuff like that. But not, you know, not good, but not superstar or great. I would say, but I went, that's a that's not a good way to describe yourself as great but um so i i got hooked up with john gregoric and he's like why don't you come down to um pc and i went down to pc and i met tracy and richard o'flynn and john doherty and Binzi was there and ray tracy was still running and i ran with them and they made me laugh uh, honestly they made me laugh and made running like fun going out for a 10 mile with, run with those guys was really, really fun. Some of the most fun, um, that I've honestly ever had. And when I started doing workouts and sessions with them, uh, after a little while I started keeping up with them and like, I'd be running with like John Tracy and then he'd go off and win a road race, you know, a 10 K road race somewhere or come in second in the Boston marathon or something like that. Or, or John Gregoric, I'd run with him in, in a workout and maybe even have the better of them in a workout. And then he'd go run, 13 15 for 5k and all of a sudden i was like well i can hang with these guys in practice why can't i do it in a race so after training with those guys for six 
for like six months, all of a sudden I made my first world cross country team. You know, I was third in the U.S. in cross. My first mile I ran, I ran 358. My first 5K I run, I ran 1330 something, you know, and then I ran 826 in the steeple. It was just because I ran with people that were better than me. And then as I got closer to them and realized I was similar to them and they, they were human and put their pants on the same way as I did and trained the same way as I did and didn't do anything crazy, just were very consistent and work hard like it just it just my, I just learned I could do it and did it it was I don't know it was, it's funny but I I give a lot of credit to the province college people to be honest and and John Tracy at this stage already had an Olympic medal had an Olympic medal yeah yep so that I, must feel good training with an, uh, not only an Olympian but an Olympic medalist Olympic medalist and who I'm still friendly with and who cared about me like what's an Olympic medalist you know from Providence and Ireland what why should he care about a little dude from Attleboro but he did you know and he he treated me so nicely it was awesome awesomeness from John Tracy yeah you guys were right there and, and and Kev knows a lot about the Providence scene also and uh went to school just down the road at the University of Connecticut and, and ran but it's amazing, Keith, right? The, the the special sauce that's down there in Providence is amazing. Obviously, Coach Rothenberg at Brown's a great guy. I remember getting recruited down there. And I don't know all the great runners that came out of there. I I'm, I always wonder, Keith, what do you think more is more impressive? Some of Mark's resume or that he actually had that loop named after him in Providence, even though he's an American? Uh, it, it's very rare, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, it was, it was on the east side of Providence. Yeah. So, I, okay, all right. All right. There because go. it's on the east side, uh, we, we'll give him a pass. Gotcha. He, okay. does, he doesn't get any loops around the Providence College okay. side of the world that, named off from. That's that's like the difference between North Attleboro and Attleboro. Cabin. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a huge <laughs> difference because that loop was named for you, Mark, before you got the silver medal at the Pan the Pan Am Games in '95, right? Because you got that loop named after you, right? Like pretty pretty right out of college. So that's yeah. even more impressive. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah keith it's a lot of the blue collar i can see why they took to mark knowing he's from attleboro there is a slight difference from north attleboro and attleboro i will say that but uh it was fun to go to the melting pot at bishop fian high school where there is some great overlap between even some providence college people that's and, right uh, and uh bishop fian so well, coogan's got the, the irish name so they they took him in he does he does and then mark yeah, so you, you where did you before the Olympics, and we, and we want to definitely touch on, on the Olympic Games, but where, where was your base during your career? You wouldn't say it was Providence. You would say it was Boulder, right? Yeah, a little bit of both. So the first few years out of college um, was definitely Providence. And then um, I got married, and Gwen um, was starting her PhD at Brown, but it was um, too expensive. And CU, so the University of Colorado at Boulder, offered her a TA so um, she could go out there and get paid and um, go to school. And I thought it was cool to try altitude, you know, and Boulder had a, had a really good collection of great runners out there too, from Jonesy to Arturo Barrios to Mike Platches. So I was moving from one environment in Providence that had great runners to another environment that had great runners too. And the Boulder community um, took me, took my family and I in just, just like Providence did. So um, two wonderful, awesome communities. Did you train with Jonesy and Arturo? I did. I trained with them a lot, and um, I learned a lot from them too, and I'm still good friends with them to this day. In fact, 
Jonesy was on my Facebook page the other day congratulating me on um, having the cross country course named after me in Attleboro. And he's always called me Marco. And like, so it's always funny because not that many people call me Marco. And it's like, Marco, great job. So it's, it was nice to hear from Jonesy just the other day. Well, I used to live in Jonesy's basement. So I'm very, very familiar with Jonesy. <laughs> Fair to say, anyone who's gotten to know Jonesy falls in love with Jonesy because he's one of a kind. I mean, Mark's good friend, Keith, like you said, you lived in his basement. And my fun fact about Jonesy, when I finished New York last year, I found myself alone just craving a burger and a pint of Guinness. So I find myself at Rosie's in the tinfoil wrapped up. And I look over and someone says, that man wants to buy you lunch and your beer. And it was Steve Jones. So wow. just the kind of guy he is. What a great class act and former world record holder in the marathon. So and so, Cougs, you you trained in in Boulder then in the build up to the Atlanta Olympics. Yes. Yep. Yep. So I did. Uh, so we got out there in like ninety four, I guess ninety three, ninety four, and uh, stayed there until ninety nine. Yep. So I did like the Pan Am Games out there. I did the five k at the World Champs in ninety five out there, and then made the Olympic team in ninety six out there. So you qualified for the Olympics in Atlanta, and that's still your PR to this day. And yep. from the qualifying race. Where, where was that race? It was in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a really tough, hard, hilly course, and it was a freezing, cold, windy day. And I actually appreciated the cold and wind because <laughs> uh, a white guy from Boston or Attleboro and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want it to be like 900 degrees like yeah. it was in Atlanta. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And, and yeah. You, you, you finished second in the trials. And who won the trials that year? Uh, Bob Kempinen. It was actually an epic race. If people remember, it was like when Kempinen got um, his stomach got upset around 20, 22 miles, and he was puking a few times. And it was that yellow Gatorade. And um, yeah, we were running a little bit right behind him, Keith Brantley and I. And um, it was, I thought we were a really good team uh, going into Atlanta, but Bob got uh, dinged up a little bit. I think I may have overtrained a little, and uh, Keith got dinged up a little bit too. You know, because we beat a lot of good people in in the trials: Platches, Barrios, Don, Janicky, you know, Steve Placencia. There were actually a lot of good runners. You know, Steve Spence. People that won medals at World Champs and stuff were American at that time. Yeah, Plachi's Plachi, won in Stuttgart in nineteen ninety three. Won the World Championships, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I always remember yeah. his uh, talking to him at Boulder Running Company. And 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 Plachi's owns a, a running specialty store right now in Boulder, in motion, and is still very involved in the scene and loves to talk about those those days. Yeah, he's a he's a great guy. He's a very good friend of mine, and um, he was a huge asset out in Boulder because he's also a PT. So he also you know knows the human body really well. And um, I was so excited to see him open up a new store again and get back into it because he's he's you know he's the type of person that you know uh, can help anybody with running and makes running fun and cares deeply and passionate about running. So I mean that's him opening another run specialty store is just phenomenal, if you ask me. Absolutely, and we were visited it recently with Jim Davis and a big crew of us, uh, Mark, Tom Cardio, and Kevin, and very, very nice. I should have got yeah, an it's invite a beautiful to that story. one. No, it's beautiful. I know. We'll get out there next time. <laughs> we'll bring you next time, Mark. But yeah, it was, it's great to see him back in the game, and I know the community is rallying behind the store too. It's a great space. You know, Cougs, when we travel, uh, Kevin Adams wants to be the sole representative of North Attleboro in these, uh, in, in these things. So. Yeah, I struggle with Attleboro people, Keith. You know that, Mark. Come on, right? Yeah. We're still not over that one, you know? It's like, I want to, yeah. be, I want to be the only Irish guy in the program, and Kev wants to be the only North Attleboro guy. So the uh, Olympics, though, must have been a great experience, Cougs, despite, you know, Olympic Games, championship racing is typically not as fast as... as 
any trials racing is not as fast right. as, as big city organized racing. So irrespective of, of the finishing time, I mean, it must have been a hell of an experience someone in the Olympics in your home country. It, it really was. And like one, one of my favorite things about the Olympics was the uh, opening ceremonies where um, they had a baseball stadium that was next to the Olympic stadium. So they put all the athletes in the baseball stadium before, before you marched into the stadium for the opening ceremonies. So you watch the opening ceremonies on this huge TV screen. And um, when they, um, they only play one national anthem at the opening ceremonies and it's the host country. So they played the U S national anthem and everybody stood up, you know, athletes from all over the world. And I remember standing there just looking around and there were a lot of like American athletes with like tears coming down their eyes, like, cause they knew they how hard they had worked to get there. And they literally were crying during the U S national anthem. Cause like sometimes you just see people not even paying attention, not even taking their hats off, but this was like super duper emotional. None of us were on, no one was on TV. It was like, we're in our own little world. And it was like, like one moment, like you could appreciate the Olympic games for really what they were like yeah. with your own, with your teammate. It was, it was I, just right now I'm getting goosebumps on my neck thinking That's about awesome. it. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was like my, that was almost like my favorite thing. You know, that was more, exciting than marching in the stadium with you know a hundred thousand people going crazy you know when the americans came in and the dream team and like muhammad ali lighting the torch it was I mean, this stuff that i'll never forget but were the most you, special part i think was the national anthem were you in the stadium when michael johnson ran the 200 meters uh no i wasn't i wasn't i only went to one day of track because the marathon is the last event the last day yeah, so that's i was what trying I to try to do it right so <laughs> Unlike uh, Kevin and I, we would have been uh, enjoying the festivities all the way up to the uh, race day. <laughs> exactly. Which is why we are not Olympians and you are. <laughs> no, Kel, you would have been an Olympian except for a little so a little bit of a bum knee. We all know yeah, that. Agreed. So, agreed. Yeah, yeah. So, Mark, you know, after the high of the Olympics, was was that the peak of your career? Um, uh, to, to me, the peak of my career would be probably running the 5k at the world champs or breaking four minutes in the mile just on it just to me in my own heart because those are things that i really wanted to do i mean i wanted to make the olympic team but like i always wanted to break four minutes in the mile i thought that was huge and i wanted to go to a world championship on the track and i'm like i worked my butt off to get in shape you know to run close to 13 20 you know leading the whole race and just getting out kicked by bob Ken- kennedy at the end but i was Super proud of that, you know. Um, and I should know what 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 world championships were they? Nineteen ninety five. Gothenburg. Gothenburg. Yeah. Yes, I ran the five in Gothenburg. So. You know, as a as a young running nerd, I watched, uh, especially during that time. That was peak running nerd time for me. I was like sixteen, seventeen, and I I know yeah. those championships, Stuttgart, particularly Stuttgart and yeah. Gothenburg, like the back of my hand. Yeah, I mean, Ishmael like, Kruri won the five k in Gothenburg, and, and he hit re- repeat winner because he won also in Stuttgart. Yeah, yeah and Gabriel Slassi won the ten, and then he decided not to come back in the five. It was like the, you know, it was great running back then. Absolutely, the the the, the glory years, but the running very fast, and 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 world championships happening right now in Doha, and you are heading over there with uh, a team New Balance athlete. I am, and I'm super excited about this, Ellie Poirier. Uh, who was a New Englander, grew up in Vermont, ran at UNH. Uh, she's um, NCAA champion in indoor mile, and she joined the New Balance family uh, about 16 months ago. And she's just been a pleasure to have on the team and have living in Boston. Uh, we 
she she decided to um well her and i uh a little help with John Evans on the side. We figured that the 5K might be the best route to go to try to make the world championships this year. And um, so we kind of increased her mileage a little bit in the fall and the winter. Um, and she's just, she's a tough, tough, hard-nosed, talented kid who uh, came in second place, uh, third place, second place, third? Oh, you fit that mile? Second. No, at uh, in the U.S. Champs. Oh, the, the U.S. Five. Champs. Third. She was third at the U.S. Champs yeah. in, in the five. And, uh just ran great out in Des Moines, Iowa. And just a couple of weeks ago, she ran 416 yeah. in the mile at Fifth Avenue Amazing. Mile. And yeah, the New Balance Fifth Avenue Mile in New York. And uh, had Jenny Simpson on the ropes, but Jenny, the crafty vet, out kicked her at the end <laughs> and uh, beat her. And uh, another thing about the whole New Balance family that we don't really talk about is like Jenny reached out to Ellie after she made the team and asked her to be roommates with her over in Doha. Um, this is, you know, in, in July, end of July sometime. And I was just, I thought that That's was great. great showing, you know, Jenny will be able to help Ellie out, you know, show her the ropes a little bit. And, you know, she gets, Ellie gets to stay with a former world champ and, uh, it's pretty awesome, right? No, this, Je- Jenny, that is very awesome. Jenny Simpson's a class act. Kevin Adams and I are, are two huge Jenny fans. Big fans. And I yeah. will say, yeah. you know, I was watching that race, the fifth half mile last week and, I wanted Jenny to win, Mark. What? <laughs> and, and it's because <laughs> I was like, I, I, I looked at it as, you know, this is Ellie's first Fifth Avenue mile and yeah. Je- Jenny's going for her eighth win and okay. seven in a row. And I'm like, I mean, this is, this is legendary. A, a legendary stuff. Yeah, and, it is. Right. And it couldn't have worked out better in my mind because Ellie broke the yeah, previous record and maybe this is the start of a run for Ellie, you know, that's going to come close to what Jenny's accomplished. Who knows? She's uh, she's tough as nails, pure, good, good Vermont, yep. good Vermont blood. Good Vermont blood. Yep. Grew up on a right. farm. No yeah. North, in high school. Northeast kingdom, yeah. right near J peak yeah. and uh, NCAA yep. champ at New Hampshire. Yeah. Like they had many of those, you know? Yep. Kev, how exactly. far is she from Hill Farmstead? Uh, not too <laughs> far, but far, eh, about an hour, I'd say Keith, you know? Mm. So once I found out Northeast kingdom, I mean, that's God country up there at Keith, right? Absolutely. It's good mountain biking country, but apparently it's good, uh, running. It it's really good is. running country as well. It really is. Well, hey, the other thing too, Keith, that I know we talked about this, it was exciting, Mark, obviously your experience as an athlete going to the Olympics, but then getting able to go back as a coach. And obviously Abby's record speaks for itself at Dartmouth, seven-time NCAA champ, most of any Ivy athlete. Then you obviously get to recruit her over to New Balance, being her former coach and getting to experience what happened in Rio, which was a bit surreal what happened over there but really right. captivated the world stage. And what was that experience like being a former Olympic athlete now as a coach with an athlete that really captivated the world stage with what happened in the 5K with Nikki Hamlin? Yeah, I mean, Abby is one amazing person. I mean, you've gotten to know her too. But yeah. uh, she th- that going to Rio, you know, it was exciting. It's a dream come true. But what Abby did out on that track, that the active sportsmanship that she displayed – without thinking about herself that was not planned. I, if everybody I think knows that her and Nikki got tripped up and they both went down very, very hard. And, um, without even thinking Abby's first thought was for this other person, um, to see if she was okay instead of getting back up and running. So Abby actually reached over and, and asked Nikki if she was okay and tried to get her back up on the back up running and then abby stood up and started to run and didn't realize that she had torn her acl ripped her meniscus in half and strained her uh mcl and Mm. um 
it's crazy that she ran the last mile still in like yeah. on that. It's unbelievable. You know, and, yeah. yeah. She still ran 16 minutes for 5k. <laughs> and yeah. you, I mean, I, I watch some of these NFL guys go down yeah. with torn ACLs and it's like, yeah. they, no one's getting they, up. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. They're not roll getting that, up. Roll yeah. that card out. Yeah. You know? exactly. <laughs> Having suffered a lot of knee pain, I, I don't know how she did it. And it was, uh, yeah. I think yeah. it was just emotion and adrenaline and yeah, that's all yeah. that because, you know, Abby struggled for a very long time afterwards to get that, that knee working again. Yeah, it's finally working now and it looks like she's going to be uh, a threat to make the Olympic team this uh, next summer coming up. I ho- sure hope she's up there battling to get on this team. Absolutely. She's, uh, she's down there in North Carolina. Yeah. She'll be uh, hitting some of the running specialty stores this fall. Doing some uh, doing some stuff for us out there in the field. Yeah. yeah, it's really funny. Like when like like running in the Olympics and then watching someone run in the Olympics, or like I coach my daughter running now. It's um, to be honest, like it's a lot more nerve wracking watching someone you love or you care about or something that they really care about um, competing. Cause like you guys have all raced and I'm sure a lot of like the run specialty store people, like they've all raced. Like once you're, once the race starts, you have no nerves. So, like you just get down to business and you try to do the best you can, you know, or you have a game plan, you're trying to stick to it. But when you're watching someone that you really care about run a race, it's brutal. Like I, like I get, like I'm sweating. I start getting dizzy. I was like, I've had John Evans stand next to me because I think I'm going to go down watching these things. And I'm so, (laughs) I'm so into it. Like I want it so badly and you can't do anything. It's very, very hard. So, um, the day to day. Yeah. The day to day coaching them is like, I might have the greatest job in the world, but when you go to, um, when you go to a meet like the Olympic trials or the world champs or, or any big event, it's, it's it's not that fun to be the coach. It really isn't that fun to be the coach. You know, once it's over and they do well, it's great to be the coach again. But not when they're racing. It's I find it extremely uh, hard to be honest with you guys. Yeah, the highs and lows. I mean, I, I remember being with Kevin and a bunch of our, our customers. We were at the Olympic trials in in uh, Eugene in 2016, and and New Balance just had a good run at those trials. And I don't know if we'll match that ever again. But the the celebration and the joy when all of those athletes made the team and, and you must, you were super proud Cougs. It was uh, amazing when it was amazing to see you and Abby yeah. and Abby, Abby's, Abby's parents and along with Emma and Jenny and Brenda and Kim and, and yep. everyone else all come in and, and really enjoy the moment. It's uh, the totally. high, the highs are awesome, but the lows are really, really tough too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, totally and, it's, with you. and it's amazing Keith, right? Cause a lot of the team doesn't even realize like John Evans and Mark, they open the doors and the, the, the stores that we had out there were literally part of the New Balance family and, and were at the edge of their seat cheering on our athletes, but at the end able to celebrate not just with like Abby, but with her parents and, and the rest of the community, which was uh, it's hard to describe how special the scene was in 16. Hopefully we can replicate it this upcoming summer in Eugene. Excited to go back there with you, Keith. Absolutely. To support Keith. you, Mark, and all the athletes, you know, so, so it's exciting times. Cougs, no pressure, sure but we uh, have a lot, lots of uh, plans for Eugene. 2020 yes. so uh, we expect team you balance boston <laughs> make to that be, magic uh, happen again making the, exactly. making the teams <laughs> we will we will <laughs> make that magic happen again we know we yeah. know you can mark you know we know you yeah. can so Gosh, i know Cougs, <laughs> I, magic. i've got yeah. another i've got another running geek kind of question to to wrap this up but you know as an athlete and as a coach you know things have changed in the world of running you know we, we see kids running faster times consistently or more more with more depth now um uh, 
social media has allowed athletes to see what other athletes are doing uh, there's a lot of right. transparency for the most part i know there's some some uh, secretive groups but there's a lot of tra- transparency for the most part when you look yep. back at your training now how does what you did and the training you did like say for the olympic games in atlanta how has that changed to how you coach these athletes now I think that the the main thing, like, a, so there's better coaching now than when I was running. I think like when, when I was racing, like we kind of did things, um, not, not, we weren't shooting from the hip or anything like that, but like we didn't have as good of a long-term game plan, I think. And I think that when we went down to the track, we ran our butts off and we ran really, really hard. I think now the coaches have a, have a better long-term, uh, you know, long-term plan. But, but the big thing that I think that I do and makes me a successful coach is when I watch somebody run often, like people run too hard on the track. And if you're standing there next to them, you can say, Hey, back off a little bit. I can see you're straining a little bit. You know, you don't have to set a world record in our practice today. So, you know, let's get the work in, let's be real consistent over, you know, a year and try not to get injured and just be consistent, consistent, consistent. And, um, and that's way you, you get some good times. But I think back when I ran, like with, with like Platches or Jonesy, you know, even a little bit with like some of the Providence guys, like when we did a workout, we hammered. And um, we might have been better off, you know, backing off a teeny bit and having maybe five good workouts in a row instead of having two, being a little dinged up and missing one and then getting back at it. So I think that um, I don't know if the coaches were more conservative today or we just like have a little bit better perspective on like you don't have to hammer it all the time you know so does that make sense yeah did did you do the ancillary stuff back then as well like would you would you no you didn't do the core work and the prehab and the the rehab and (laughs) no we no we didn't and 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 no one really did you know so now like there's a lot more um uh, like you're saying, just get out there and do some core when you're done running or get into the weight room a little bit or stretch or, you know, plyometrics, you know, sprint technique drills. We weren't doing a ton of that. We were basically like touching our toes and then we just go, you know, like our first mile might be in seven minute pace. And then we were running five fifties for the rest of the 10 mile run or something like that. Whereas <laughs> now you might get warmed up before you even start running or. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's, ama- it's amazing. It's amazing that we see, you know, New Balance Boston and, and we, and we have access to people like yourself and, and we see what's going on. And yet Kevin Adams still decides to go and run marathons with no training, no hydration. Yeah. And he, yeah. he wouldn't even touch his toes before a race. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing that new technology. People keep trying to tell me water that apparently is better than just going from coffee to IPAs. It's a, you know apparently it's good for the muscles. I don't know. I haven't bought in yet, Keith. Yeah, could, could, if, you, if you if you can figure out a way that uh, we can continue to well, I can't run, but if we can continue to to run well whilst allowing ourselves lots of coffee and lots of IPA, uh, that, that that's that's the next breakthrough right. in, in coaching. Right. Yeah, I'll sign up for that program, Keith. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, uh, we, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about yeah. running, but we we, yeah. we got to wrap this up. But, you know, Kevin and I are, 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 su- are super psyched that you joined us. And, yeah. you know, at New Balance, where you, the, the commitment to running is is only proven by what, what, what you put out there and, and what you're putting out there with the New Balance Boston group and getting Ellie on this team and and, and a whole slew of new runners that, that will continue to grow and, and grow with the brand and grow with the new facilities and i know you're involved in the the planning of the indoor track and if you want to just give us a, a little update on what's going on there so um 
we're building an indoor track facility uh, at New Balance, on New Balance's campus. And ground was broken, uh, I think it was last May, maybe it was April uh, when uh, they broke ground. And uh, there's a lot of construction going on on New Balance's campus right now. And the goal is to have this 200-meter uh, hydraulic track fastest track in America, nicest indoor track in America, up and running uh, a year from this January. So January 2021, we want to start um, having races in there. And um, we want to bring big races to uh, to New Balance in Boston. Uh, we, we'd love to have the World Indoor Championships there. We'd love to have the NCAA Championships there. We'd love to have all kinds of the New Balance high school games. We'd love to get them, you know, national high school games up and in there. Uh, the it's just, the it's Bishop Feehan Invitational. We'll get oh, the, yeah. fan, the fan invite. Maybe the Mark Coogan Indoor Invitational. You and know, now we get the cross country. So we could have the Keith Kelly something or other going down in there. You know, you're the only NCAA champ in this conversation, Kel. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. we, 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 we might turn it into a velodrome then if uh, <laughs> <laughs> That might be possible, Keith. You never know what they're concocting over there. You, know? you never that know. Might be possible. Never know. And there's, there's going to be a music venue uh, attached to it too, Kellen. I know no, you're absolutely. a big music guy, yeah. so that's yeah. going to yeah. be really exciting. Hopefully, we can so. get access to tickets to, to all the good shows. I think it's Barry Boston, yes. so a lot of a lot of good action there. But well, yes. Mar- Mark, you've, yeah, exactly, you've, you've been doing a great job, and and we're fired up. Thank you. We're fired up for Doha. We're fired fired up for Ellie and uh, Kevin, I and our team. Out there in the yeah. field, we'll be we'll be watching closely as uh, L takes on our first championships. In in what's in all fairness is is going to be a tough championships. It's not it's not Gothenburg, it's not Paris, it's not it's not one of these kind of Western uh, tracks that she might be she might have had experience on. It's going to be a right a, a totally unique experience in Doha. Very very hot, which is why it's late very in the hot. year, and and yep. the training has to be adjusted this year, obviously because. You're peaking in October as opposed to end of July, early August. So. Exactly, exactly. You totally get it, and it's and it's going to be a quick turnaround to next year with the Olympics in Tokyo. Absolutely, so, which is yeah. the big one. Well, Kev, exactly. any final words? No, just uh, Mark. Great to have you on Team NB. You're doing great work. Safe travels to you and L. Best of luck at the World Champs, and uh, thanks for joining the uh, the call today with Keith and myself. All right, thanks for having me on, you guys. Uh, really appreciate it, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, Cougs. Peace out, my man. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. All right, see you guys. And that was Mark Coogan. He's some man as Mark. Legend in the New England running scene, and really a legend in the U.S. running scene. He's uh, known all over the world, and he's doing a wonderful job. At the time of publishing this podcast, the World Championships in Doha have been complete. And El Perrier made the final and rocked up for an 11th place finish, breaking 15 minutes with a 14.58, ending the season on a PB. So between the 5th half mile and the World Championships, and that was an insane World Championships. Let's get that out there. I think you could call that a very successful first pro season for the University of New Hampshire graduate. Coogs is doing a great job, so make sure you follow him and the whole of the New Balance Boston team as they enter the big 2020 Olympic year. They'll be kicking off things at the Indoor Grand Prix in Boston, I'm sure, and all roads lead to Eugene for his team, and hopefully some spots on the plane to Tokyo.
I think Al Poirier is a real shot for not only a spot on the 5K team, but to get to Tokyo and crack that top 10, given she's finishing the season so strong and she's only getting better. So thanks for listening. We will be back in a couple of weeks with another interview, this time with someone working within the Running Specialty channel. And we'll be rocking up some podcasts at the New York City Marathon, the TCS New York City Marathon. New Balance is a proud sponsor of all the New York Roadrunners events, and this is the crown jewel. So come and see us in uh, New York, and until then, much love. (laughs) 